On this beautiful, beautiful fall night, it's starting to actually feel like it is a different season. Now, that'll probably change here in the next few hours or in the morning. We'll get all four seasons this week before it's over, but I'm thankful for the cooler weather. Starting to see the deer move around just a little bit. Looked out my window this morning. There was one out there in the backyard. No, I did not shoot it. Uh, I can tell I'm getting older because I actually enjoyed watching the deer. And I used to hear my dad when I was a kid, dad says, I'm getting to the place where I just enjoy watching them. And I was thinking, how could you ever get to that place where you didn't want to shoot them? And as I sat on the couch this morning looking out the window, I enjoyed watching the deer. And I was thinking, oh, dear, it's happening. Not only is my hair falling out, I'm getting old because I've enjoyed watching the deer. There were no horns on them. I think that was the difference. That's why I didn't have the urge to shoot them. But it is good to see you here tonight. And thank the Lord for a little bit of cooler weather. And as Brother Nate mentioned a moment ago, I'm so excited about the services as we build up toward our week of renewal that will be starting here on Sunday in, in earnest on Monday. Hope you're making plans that have already made plans to be a part of that. Uh, I think you've probably noticed out there in the foyer, uh, Brother Larry Harrison has his books out there. Where is yeah, there he is, right there, and glad to have you. Got something you want to say? The latest patch to pirate. The latest patch to pirate. Amen. Whale of a tail. Whale of a tail. Amen. Amen. If you know Brother Harrison, has a very unique ministry uh, of going and getting good books from libraries, from pastors, and in places, and he kind of sorts through them and brings them and kind of a traveling bookstore to us, and the, the material is very good. As a matter of fact, a lot of it you can't really buy in stores, and a lot of it you can't even find online anymore, and so I do want to encourage you, get back by there, find something that I, I'm sure will be a blessing to you, and uh, a very unique ministry that I, I believe definitely is something we need here tonight. Acts chapter number 19, if you go ahead and be turning there, I do want to spend a little bit of our, our time, including the service, in prayer for renewal. Uh, Brother Nate leaned over to me a moment ago, and he said, says, you are preaching on revival, right? I says, yeah, why? He says, because I told him you were. I said, okay, well, I'll do it since you told him that I am. Acts chapter 19, when you find it, let's go ahead and stand together. We're going to pick up in verse number 18, and just want to share a simple thought with you tonight as we do round the corner and get in the home stretch, looking forward to our week of renewal, excited about what God's going to be doing throughout the week next week, and I hope you're making plans to be here. I hope that you would not discount what God would desire to do to the point that you're not making plans on being here. And I assure you, it would be worth any changes of plans you had to make to come. Acts chapter 19, look down at verse 18. The Bible says, And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. And many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Notice verse 20, very important, something we need to focus in on tonight. The Bible says, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. And I know we desire that tonight, but let's see how that came about. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the privilege to come tonight, Lord, to your house. Thank you for the great singing. I pray you were glorified in our singing. I pray, Lord, you'll be glorified in our attention tonight, that we'll give you our undivided attention, knowing, Father, there's nothing more important on planet Earth right now than for us to hear and receive your word and be changed by it. Uh, Father, I pray you be glorified by the invitation time, glorified in our obedience. That, Father, whatever it is you show us tonight, we need to do in preparation for revival, for renewal, that, Father, we'll be willing to do that. And I pray that you would be glorified in the preaching. Uh, give us great grace to do, Lord, what's beyond our, our ability to do. And I pray, that, Lord, you'd work in hearts in a way that only you can, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
I, uh, ever since, uh, I guess, the last couple of years, I have really steered away from watching a lot of the news. I used to love watching the news, listening to the news, getting updates on the news on my phone. And uh, after a while, everything was so negative. Things kind of soured my spirit throughout my day. I quit watching a lot of it and listening to a lot of it. Just stayed up to date enough that we could be aware of what's going on in our world. But uh, last night, we had, uh, had some elections up in uh, Virginia and New Jersey, and I wanted to see what those, uh, what those results were. And spent some time watching those last night. As a matter of fact, I slept on the couch last night waiting to watch the results come in. And uh, it's always interesting listening to the different pundits as they speak because they'll usually have someone from the left and someone from the right talking about the election results and the returns as they come in. And uh, as I watched them, once again, as usual, I was discouraged uh, to listen at the depths of depravity that our country has gotten in in such a short amount of time. Uh, as I listened to uh, pundits, uh, as we would call them on the left of the aisle, it was amazing. With all of the economic woes we have in our country, gas prices over $3 now. Uh, we have a, a, a supply chain shortage of just about everything. And uh, trouble all over our country with unrest and, and political division. And yet the biggest things they could find to discuss uh, was equality when it comes to transgender rights. Uh, and so many other things that our God calls and the Bible calls an abomination. It was amazing to me that those were the points that they thought needed to be brought up. It wasn't about healing the economy and getting us back up out of the doldrums where we're at. It was so many things that are contrary to the will and to the word of God. And I'll be honest, just a little time that I watched it last night, it was very, very discouraging. As a matter of fact, as a pastor and as a Christian, uh, as I watched it, there was part of my heart that was a little bit of a dilemma to where I even began to doubt and to wonder whether or not that there could actually be any true change in our country. And you have to be careful about how much of that you expose yourself to, watching it, listening to it, hanging around. Look, I don't like being around negative people. I really don't. I don't like being around pessimists. I like to be around optimists, people who see the glass half full. I don't deny the facts that are out there, and I am a realist when I need to be a realist, but I don't need to hear about how bad things are all the time. Why? Because it's discouraging, isn't it? brings your spirit down, and it begins to rob you of the hope that you have. And if you're not careful as a child of God, you'll even get to the place to wonder where it's possible or not for us to be the change that God's called us to be. Now, folks, we've got to realize that tonight. That's why we're here, all right? That's why we're here. We're not here to hold down a chair. We're not here just to enjoy the fellowship we have amongst this church. We are salt and we are light. As we say so often, salt and light are both influencers. That's what we're called to do. God left us here to influence. God left us here to be agents of change. Anything you put salt on, you know what it's going to do to it? It's going to change it. It's going to change it, especially food. Thank the Lord for salt. Uh, that's another way I can tell I'm getting a little older. I'm starting to put a little bit of that on my food. You know, I'll, I'll taste it, and I'll put a little sprinkle here, a little sprinkle there, a little bit of pepper on that. What does salt do? It's an agent of change. What does light do? Light's an agent of change. That's who we are. We are salt, and we are light. That's what God's called us here to do, and yet you look out at the depravity of the world that we're living in right now, and you begin to question whether or not change is even possible. You're thinking, we've, we've gone so far to where we are fighting and promoting things that, that God calls an abomination and that those are the real issues, not the issues of uh, the economy, not the issues of, uh, of the enemies facing us around the world. And those are the things that, are, that matter right now. And you're thinking, we're sunk. We're sunk. There's no, there's no opportunity. There's no agent of change. And yet, that's what God's called us to do. Now, here we are just days away from our week of renewal. And what are we seeking? What is revival all about? Revival is about change. 
We're desiring that God would change us. Brother Nate mentioned it a moment ago. I was standing outside the door talking about the need for God to change us. We desire that God would change us so that we could go out and be those agents of change that he's called us to be. But I want you to understand something tonight. It's hard for us to seek change and, and to have change if we don't genuinely believe there can be change. Now, folks, I'm thankful for the Word of God tonight for several different reasons. But we have the Word of God because God preserved countless examples for us of what His power is capable of doing. Now, I'm thankful for that. Because there are times in the Word of God you will see where people were down and out. You will see where people were outnumbered. You will see where people were going up against odds that were fiercely opposed to them. And yet God worked and God brought about change. The good news tonight is the same God that did that is the same God that wants to bring about change in us and wants to bring about change through us. All right? That's why we're here. Now, I know if you're anything like me, I look in the mirror and I get discouraged thinking, oh, that's it? You're asking me to help be a part of bringing about change? But the good news is it's not us. It's the God that works through us. Now, in Acts chapter number 19, we have a wonderful account tonight of God doing a great work in the midst of a pagan people. Now, what's important we're going to recognize tonight, what's important that we see is the agent of change, this key component of what God did here in Acts chapter number 19 was his word and how God worked through his word. Now, folks, listen, there's no pointing us going into revival if we doubt there can be a revival. All right? There's no point in us showing up on Sunday and, and, and going into revival services if we don't genuinely believe that God can bring about revival. Now, God can, but God's going to work through his word. Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible is very clear. The word of God is quick and powerful. Can I tell you, it is still just as quick and it's still just as powerful as it was when those words were written. And God desires to work through his word to bring about change in us, all right? When we come to church on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then our, our couples on Friday, our young people on Thursday or whatever day we have them coming in, our men on Saturday, it's going to be the word of God that we hear preached. Why? Because God brings about change through his word. What does the Bible say? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word, all right? So number one, we got to show up so we can hear it, all right? And we hear the word of God, the word of God is still quick and it's still powerful. Now, do we forget tonight that it was by the very word of God that this world was spoken into existence? How powerful is that? All right? Uh, I, I mean, uh, my words are not very powerful, okay? I tell my wife, get in the kitchen and cook something. And she just laughs. No, I don't tell her that, all right, number one. She does that all of her, on her own. My words aren't very powerful. But the word of God is still quick and powerful, and we see the example of that in speaking the entire world into creation. Do we forget, it was the very words of Christ that calmed the storm where Peter was walking on the water. The very word of God is what calmed that storm. Do we forget tonight, it was the very word of God that raised Lazarus from the grave. Now, how many of those instances would we say are hopeless situations? It's a great storm. Lazarus was dead, and it was the word of God that raised them up. What scared Satan off in Matthew chapter 4? It was when Christ quoted the very word of God. All right? Can I tell you something? Good news. We have the same word. We have the same word. And God's word can still change our world. I believe God's word still changes lives, as the song says. But we've got to allow God's word to change us. And what we're going to see tonight in Acts chapter number 19 is how God's word brought about this change in their life. But I want you to see tonight the part uh, that we have to play because we've got to understand how God's word works. 
And that's what we're going to see tonight, how God's word does God's work. Very simple message tonight, but I believe we need to see this. We're overlooking the obvious. God works through his word. And we've got to allow God's word to work in us so that God's word can work through us. So let's jump down. Acts chapter number 19. The Bible says, verse 18, and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Now, what was the outcome? The outcome, look down if you will. The Bible says in verse 20, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. We want to get to verse number 20, but what happened first? Well, in verse number 18, the Bible says many believed. Now, this is very important. It may sound simple tonight, but if we truly desire that God's word will work in us so that God's word can work through us, number one, it begins with belief, all right? So mightily grew the word and prevailed, but where did all of that begin? It began in verse number 18, where the Bible says that they believed. Now, folks, I get excited reading about what God accomplished through his word in the word of God. But we ought to get excited tonight thinking about what God desires to accomplish through his word in our own lives. Why? Because we are people just like the people we read about. All right? The people we read about that God's word worked in their life, we're just like them. We make mistakes just like them, but we have the opportunity to do things like they did, but we've got to allow God's word to work in our life. Now, here's, here's what I fear tonight. I fear we desire revival, but I'm not sure we believe in revival enough to allow God's word to change us. All right? If we don't believe that when we come to revival services, that that word of God is quick and powerful, and that word of God can change our life, and that word of God can change our home, if we don't just simply believe it tonight, how can we expect the word of God to work through us in their life if we're not allowing God to work in his word in our life? I go back to Matthew 17. We know this account well. Matthew 17, we have the, uh, the young child. Turn there with me, if you will. Let's read it together. Matthew 17, I want you to look down to verse 14. Matthew 17, look down to verse number 14. Now watch what's about to happen here. The Bible says, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic. A lot of parents would like to say that tonight. You were thinking it, so I said it. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic, and sore vexed, for he oftentimes falleth into the fire and off into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Now, there's a picture of the church right there today, verse 16. We're followers of Christ, and yet we find ourselves not able. Verse 17, then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto him, unto them, Because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. Now, there's something in verse 19 I feel we've all, a place we've all come to, where we ask the question, Why could not we? Why could not we? Why could not we what? Why can't we do the things that God's given us power to do? Why are we not the overcomers that we're supposed to be? Why aren't we more than conquerors as we're supposed to be? 
Why are we not the witnesses we're supposed to be? Why could we not? I believe the answer is the same answer to verse number 20. Because of your unbelief. Folks, the word of God is still powerful. And God still works through his word. And as we enter into this week of renewal, this week of revival, God wants to work through his word again. Look, it's not the preacher. It's not the man. It's not the pulpit. It's not the building. It's not the music. God works through his word But God's word has to be received, and we receive it through our belief that, hey, if God's word did what it did back then, I believe God's word can still do what it wants to do today, but I've got to believe it. Matter of fact, that same account in Mark chapter 9, the dad comes to Christ, and Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. I look at the world we're living in, and folks, look, it's gone crazy. Matter of fact, I kind of feel like the dad uh, in this passage of Scripture. Our world has, is a lunatic. Our world is full of lunatics. I hear what people are arguing about uh, in our schools, and our, our politics, up there in Washington. Uh, this bill they're trying to cram through. This world has gone crazy, and you get depressed thinking there's no way we can have change. Watch this. If you don't believe that change can happen, we are sunk. But if you believe through the power of the word of God, that same word that changed life in the Old and New Testament, that same word can bring about change today. But the problem is our unbelief. We've gotten to the place where we memorize it, but we don't believe it. Now, when those disciples went to that young man and tried to heal him, I don't believe they lacked desire, do you? I believe they wanted to. They desired to help that young man. Now, I think that's probably all of us. We want to help the world we're living in. But we can't help them as long as we live in unbelief. How can we expect God to send revival when we don't believe ourselves? Now, we've got to understand this tonight. A belief isn't a statement. Say, well, I believe in that. That's what I believe in. You know, agreeing with the word of God doesn't mean you believe it. Believing it is when you've made a conscious decision to act upon it. We sing the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. And what we think about in that song is I, I want to follow Christ. Everybody wants to follow Christ. But do you know why we don't follow Christ? We don't get that first part of the song. I have decided. That's where you choose to believe it. All right? I want to follow Jesus. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's step number two. Before we can move to step number two of following Christ and doing the things he's called us to, we've got to first choose to believe it. I've decided. I believe in it. Folks, there are times that our circumstances are going to challenge our beliefs. And that's where you find out what you really believe. When your circumstances challenge what you believe. I told one of our staff the other day, I said, boy, when times get tough, sometimes in your ministry, you've got to believe it enough for everybody. People are, are you sure we're going to be able to do this? Are you, are, are you sure that, he, I had a preacher ask me one time, a pastor asked me one time, does soul winning still work? This was a pastor. Does that still work? Talking about door knocking, does that still work? I, said, I believe it does. I believe it does. And folks, can I tell you tonight, that was a pastor. If pastors are struggling with belief, I believe our people are struggling with belief. You've got to decide, you know what? Do I believe it or not? Who cares what everybody else says? Do I believe it or not? You know, that's what got Peter out of the boat and walking on the water when nobody else did. He believed it. He believed it. What would cause somebody like Moses to go stand in front of Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world? 
What could cause somebody to do that and say, God says, let them go. Woo, talking about boldness. I know he was a little bit frightened and a little bit timid, but he did it. You know why? He believed it. He believed it. Ultimately, our lives are going to reflect what we believe. And I believe tonight the reason we're down and discouraged is we haven't made up our mind that I believe the word of God can still work. We see what he did in Acts. This wonderful account where these people turned from their lifestyle, trusted Christ, went on to live a life pleasing to Christ, but it began with belief. Number one, if we're going to see God work, God's word is going to work through our belief. I was talking about Naaman with my daughter the other day, about the account of old Naaman coming there to the river, that old muddy water. Are you sure? Here? You want me to go down in that? And so here's Naaman. He's got this conflict. To where he knows what God has said and what he's supposed to do, but the circumstances are challenging whether or not he's going to follow through with it. You know what Naaman had to decide? Very simple. Do I believe? Forget how muddy the water is. Do I believe? Now, folks, we do good believing in here. It's easy to believe in here. It's like the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. They went out with a high hand and they're celebrating what God did until they ran into a Red Sea. And they started whining and griping and complaining. You see, belief was challenged by circumstance. It's at that moment you've got to decide, you know what? Regardless of what I'm facing, regardless of what the odds, I believe. Why? Because I want God's word to work. It can't work if we don't believe. Acts 27, I'll give you this and we'll move on. The apostle Paul is on the ship and the men are fearful. He gives them some of the most comforting words in the midst of their storm. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Now listen close. For I believe God. For I believe God. Everybody's getting ready to jump off the ship. Man, this thing's going down. We got to get off. Paul says, no, we got to stay on. We got to stay on. And they're like, wait a minute. You don't stay on a sinking ship. You jump off of a sinking ship. Paul says, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Do you know why you ought to go soul winning? Why you ought to give, off, give out a track? Because you believe God. As believe God. You say, well, are you sure that tactic works? It's not about tactics. It's about belief. Do I believe it? You know why you ought to go to church? Because you believe God. You ought to be here every time the doors are open. Why? Because I believe God and his word is quick and powerful. And I want God's word to work in me. And if I'm not here, I'm missing out on what God's word desires to do in my life. I believe it that much. I think I've told you the story before. One of my favorite illustrations is about the man who strung a line across the Grand Canyon and crossed it on a unicycle and all the cameras were there videoing and watching. The man came back on the other side of the Grand Canyon. He looked at one of the reporters. He says, do you believe that I can do that? He says, yeah, do you really believe that I can do that? He says, yeah, absolutely. He says, okay, now I want you to get on my shoulders this time when I go there and I come back across. Believing, say, well, I, I believe it because I saw it, but getting on his shoulders, that's a whole different level of belief. Or now you're following through with it. Folks, can I tell you, you ought to be here for the week of renewal because you believe God. And you believe that God's word is going to work. And regard, look, you know, if you were the only one showing up, you have no reason to be discouraged. Why? Because you believe God. I see Brother Josh up there. I know he's probably excited tonight about our Atlanta Braves. I don't know if you saw last night. The Atlanta Braves pulled it off 25 years into it. 
And uh, my daughter and I stayed up to watch them. And they were uh, interviewing Freddie Freeman last night. And they were asking him, you know, at the, I think it was the All-Star break. They, they weren't at 500, and nobody ever thought they were going to make it to the World Series. And they says, how did you guys get this far? He says, we believe when nobody else did. And they did it. We believe when nobody else did. I know right now around the world, the mood is down, and people are discouraged. I, I believe we ought to take Paul's words seriously. We should be of good cheer. Why? Because I believe God. I believe God. His word is still quick. His word is still powerful. But it begins, watch this, verse 18, Acts 19, and many that believed. But then watch what happens. The Bible says, and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So the first thing we see how God works through his word, first it begins with belief, but notice it didn't stop with belief. Number two, notice it changes behavior. It began with belief, but then God worked through his word to change their behavior. The Bible says after they believed, they confessed, showed their deeds, and many of them had curious arts, dark arts. And they brought the books, the Bible says, and they burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Do you know what the greatest evidence of our belief is? It's our behavior. Now you think about that one for a moment. The greatest evidence of what we believe is by what we live. And the Bible says they believed in verse number 18, and it didn't stop right there. The Bible says they said, you know, I believe it. They showed their deeds, and they brought their books, and they burned them. The things that were contrary to what they believed, they burned. So they allowed their beliefs to determine their behavior. Now, this is opposite of what our world says today. We allow our desired behavior to determine our beliefs. But when you read the word of God, the true mark of Christian growth is when we get to the place where our beliefs determine our behavior. Example in scripture, the demoniac of Gadara. Oh, he had some bad behavior. Running around naked in the tombs like a wild man. Uh, I mean, good night. You'd lock your doors with an extra lock at night if he lived in your community. I don't know. You may have a man like that in your community. The world's gone crazy. Jesus comes, he gets saved, he believes, he's sitting clothed and in his right mind. What happened? His belief influenced his behavior. By the way, can I tell you, that's what's expected of God. In spite of what Stephen Furtick says, the prosperity gospel preacher said this week, following Jesus doesn't make you into something else. It reveals who you've been all along. I beg to differ, and the word of God begs to differ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if any man be in Christ... He's a new creature. All things are passed away. All things become new. Now watch this. If any man be in Christ, there's the belief. All right? That's important, by the way, that the belief comes before the behavior. You can try to change your behavior all day long. You're only going to go back to who you used to be until you first have a belief. you got to believe first. But then the Bible says, all things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. What does that mean? That means when I have a genuine, true belief, it's going to change my behavior. Now, oh my goodness, here's where we have a problem. I'm afraid we've near about had an entire generation raised to believe that our beliefs have boundaries. All right? Don't get quiet on me. 
I believe we nearby have an entire generation of Christians today who have been taught and have accepted the fact that my spiritual beliefs have boundaries. I don't want to let them go too far and become one of those holy rollers, right? Uh, I, don't want it to, I don't want people to think I'm one of those Jesus freak people, okay? Not the ones from the 60s. I'm talking about I just don't want to be one of those people, you know? I don't wear my religion on my sleeve. And yet how many countless times in Scripture do we see people who as soon as they had a genuine belief... They made that decision in their heart. All of a sudden, their behavior begins to change. Now, folks, this is why we don't have revival. Because, watch, we want revival. We say we have belief, but we've cut a fire lane to keep our beliefs from influencing our behavior. And that fire lane is also keeping revival away from America. We've cut a, Look, as a kid uh, on our property, we had fire lanes cut. I don't know if they even do that anymore. And that was a great place to hunt. My dad would put me on a fire lane. He'd give me a gun, sit me on the ground, point me that way, give me one bullet that way, you know. Worst case scenario, I only kill one person accidentally. And so I'm sitting there in the fire lane. Well, that I probably was truth, okay? 20-gauge slug, all right? I was going to punch a hole in them. I'd sit there on that fire lane. That fire lane was where they went through and they disc up the ground. It was just dirt. There was nothing there that would burn. So if the fire did break out and this side of the woods was burning, it wouldn't jump across that lane. That lane would stop the fire from spreading. And I feel tonight with all of my heart that we think we really believe and we think we have a true belief that the word of God can change lives, but we want it to change their lives, not our lives. And our unbelief has cut fire lanes and that's what's holding back revival. We've got areas of our life we don't want the word of God to go to. Whoa now, I just wanted you to save my soul. That was it, it doesn't work that way, all right? I just wanted a mansion. That's all I wanted. I didn't want you to mess with my life down here. But no, he gets all of you or none of you. You can't say, God, I want you to save my soul and give me the eternity in heaven, but just let me live it up while I'm down here. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. But man, be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And what's keeping revival from us tonight is our unbelief. We don't want to allow the word of God to spread into areas of our life that we hold dear. Folks, I'm human like you. You know, I want to keep my little 10% to me. God, I'm going to give you 90% of my life, but this 10%, just let me, do, let me be impatient, all right? I'm not out there smoking and drinking and, and, and drugs, but God, you know what? Impatience is just something that I, I, I'm just not getting rid of, all right? Folks, I've got to let him have it all. I've got to be willing to believe it enough that I'm going to allow the word of God to change my behavior. And no matter what it is in my life, it's just pleasing to God. The Bible says they brought their books together and they burned them before all. They burned them. I can remember, I've told you this before. I can remember at youth camp years ago, uh, having times or youth nights down at the camp or at church to where, where young people would bring their CDs and they'd burn them. Music that didn't honor and glorify God things they had hidden out, they would, they would literally burn them. Why? They just wanted God to have all of them. God, I don't want to have any area of my life that's not yours. God, I genuinely want you to work in my life. And I'm, I'm getting ready to get rid of this because my belief has demanded a change in my behavior. Do you remember the woman at the well? What happened? She believed, changed her behavior. It just spread throughout her entire life. What happened to, what happened to Saul who became Paul? His belief changed his behavior. Now tonight we want revival. And we say we have a belief. But is there areas of our life that we don't allow our beliefs to go into? Years ago, 
my dad and I were at a teenage, teenager's house when he was a youth pastor, and I was a teenager at the time. Teenagers were having questions about his salvation, and uh, as we all do. And I remember the young man looking at my dad and said, I just don't feel saved. I think we've probably all said that at least once in our Christian walk, if not many times. And my dad says, well, are you acting saved? He says, I know that I'm saved. I just don't feel saved. Dad says, were well, you acting saved? Because maybe the reason you don't feel like you're saved is because you're not acting like you're saved. Now, watch what's happening in reverse. Yes, he was saved. He genuinely put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But because of his behavior, his behavior was undermining his belief. That's why you got to let God have all of it. And we hold nothing back. Because the way God's word works, it's through our entire life, our thoughts, our mind. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we've covered that so many times. 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 9. I love this passage of Scripture because I think we can all relate to it. The Bible says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now watch verse 11. And such were some of you. That third word of verse number 11 is very important, and such were, past tense. What happened? Their belief changed their behavior. And such were, you know what's sad today? We have an easy believism in salvation to where you get saved and it changes your eternity, but it doesn't change your present. And that just goes against the entire teaching of the word of God. When people got saved, they got saved. Their belief ultimately changed their behavior. And folks, I'm afraid tonight we've got into the place to where we have told God there's areas of my life that are off limits. I'm not gonna bring that and burn that. I'm not gonna bring that and give that up. I'm not gonna confess that as verse 18 and 19 says. No, no, I'm not going to do that. And those areas that we've cut off from God, we're cutting off revival. If we truly want God's word to work in our life, Number one, it begins with a genuine belief on our part. Number two, it's got to change our behavior. And if we truly believe it, it will be evident in our, in our lives. I read a story today about an atheist that once told William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. He says this, if I believe what you Christians say and all the things you say you believe about a coming judgment, that impenitent rejectors of Christ will be lost, I would crawl on my bare knees on crushed glass all over London, warning men night and day, to flee for refuge from the coming day of wrath. Now, this was an atheist. He said, if I believed what you preach, that there's a judgment coming, and every knee will bow and every tongue's going to confess, if I believe that, he says, I would crawl on bare knees across broken glass all over London, warning them of the impending judgment that was coming. The key part of that is if I believed it. He chose not to believe, but here's the sad truth. Many of us who do believe aren't even willing to walk across the street. We're not allowed, we won't allow it to change our behavior in our home. We're not willing to bring any of those curious things that go against the teaching of the will and word of God. We're not willing to give anything up, and that's what's causing tonight us not to have revival. Now, how can, listen, how tonight can we pray that the revival would come to the world and change its behavior if we sit here tonight idle, not allowing God to change our behavior? You see, by not allowing God to change us, it truly brings the question of not of whether we believe. Because when they believed, the Bible says they brought it and they burned it. Finally, look at verse 20. 
So we see the way God's word works is it first begins with belief. You've got to decide, do I genuinely believe it? If I genuinely believe it, I'm going to allow it to change my behavior. And finally, watch the word of God continue to work in verse number 20. After it had worked in their life, the Bible says, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Now, here's what's a beautiful picture. The word of God came to them. They believed it. It changed them. And then after it changed them, the Bible says it grew and it prevailed. Now, let me tell you tonight, it's vital you let the word of God change you this week. Let the word of God permeate your whole heart, your whole heart. Have no off limits to God. Say, God, whatever you want, I'll give it up. I'll burn it. Whatever it is, I'm going to give it to you. Why? Because I want to be changed, and I want you to work through me to change the world. All right? There's no way we can be used of God to change them if we don't allow God to change us. All right? But then after it changes us, the Bible says it grew and it prevailed. This is the third thing of how God's word works tonight. Notice it travels beyond. It travels beyond. A beautiful picture tonight of how the gospel works is we receive it, we believe it, it changes us, and then after it changes us, it moves on to change others, i.e. the woman at the well. What did she do? Watch. She believed. It changed her behavior, and then it went beyond her. What did the Bible say? And many believe for the saying of the woman. You see, that's why tonight we've got to let it change us. We've got to let the word of God do what God's going to send it to this week. I have no idea what the will of God is for you. I have no idea what reaches of your heart God wants to reach into. But you've got to. Why? For your sake, for your home's sake, and then those that God's calling you to reach his sake. We've got to let God work in us. We've got to let God change us. The Bible says it grew and prevailed. Here's what I love. I love that word prevailed. The word of God prevailed. Now here they are in the middle of a pagan society in the midst of wicked people. The Bible says in the midst of all that, the word of God prevailed. You know what I'd love to see before the Lord comes back? I'd love to see a real revival. Now, maybe Hattiesburg, maybe Mississippi, I don't know, maybe America, I don't know. I, I don't know what God's plans are, but I'd love to see that. I believe it could happen. I believe it could happen. But it changes first with our belief, then our behavior, but then it goes from us. And the Bible says the word of God prevailed. Wouldn't you love to see the word of God prevail in our society right now? Wickedness is prevailing. I mean, utter abominations. Not my opinion, according to the word of God. They're prevailing. I mean, wickedness on a scale that I've never seen in my lifetime. It's prevailing. And yet that wickedness is no match for the word of God. Kind of gets you excited, doesn't it? I see a few of you. You're almost smiling. It's no match. It's no match. If the word of God was just taken, the word of God would prevail. But the problem is it's hard to take it when you haven't received it. The Bible says it grew and it prevailed. Tonight, my prayer for our church is we're going to let God's word work in us. We're going to let it prevail. When, when the word of God, the Holy Spirit of God, through the word and the preaching comes to your heart's door this week and he knocks on your heart's door, and maybe he's knocking on a door that you've got off limits, don't knock on that one, God. Don't knock on that one. God says, no, I want in that one. Can I tell you what you ought to allow it to do? You ought to allow it to prevail. Let it prevail. Let it win. Because if you don't let the word of God prevail, you're not going to prevail. 
you're not going to prevail. And our world's not going to prevail. God's word still desires to work. I was thinking about this today. I'll give you this. I promise I'm done. I think about how many of your testimonies I've heard since I've been here. And boy, some of them are amazing. Amazing testimony of God's saving grace. You ever think about how many testimonies are waiting to happen? Why don't you think about that? How many people tonight are sitting in their living room watching a sitcom that are going to be reached because you allowed God's word to change you so that you could go help be the agent of change for them? I wonder how many testimonies are waiting to happen tonight, but they're waiting on you to allow God's word to work in you. Where does it begin? Number one, it begins on us saying, you know what, I just believe it. God said it, I believe it. Be of good cheer for I believe God. I believe God wants to work. I believe God has the power to work. And I'm gonna show that by letting God change me. I'm gonna let him change my behavior. I'm not gonna hold anything back. I'm gonna let him change my behavior. And I'm gonna let God change me so that the word of God can travel beyond me and change those that are waiting on someone to knock on their door and share Christ. Folks, the word of God is quick and it's living and it's powerful. It still is. But we've got to let it work in us so it can work through us tonight. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let's stop there. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.